Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. In a world that is more isolated than ever before, how do we build authentic connections that stand the test of time? We ended up doing the NHS campaign, which was a real big moment for us because we went from silly little one-minute briefs to getting to Christmas number one. If I give all this time to people, people are going to give me something back, and that's what that's what the community is about. Welcome to Beyond the Balance Sheet, Series 2, the show where we inspire business owners to become a force to be reckoned with. I'm Ashley Bloom, and I'm your host. This week, I talked to Nick Entwistle, founder and creative director of creative agency, The Bank of Creativity, and the founder of One Minute Brief, the community of creatives that promotes brands and causes via social media by responding with instinctive ideas to daily advertising briefs. If you want to check them out, head over to their Twitter handle, at One Minute Briefs. Nick also directed the music video and social campaign that led to the NHS beating Justin Bieber to the Christmas number one. I hope you enjoyed the interview and I'll be back at the end. So Nick, welcome to Beyond the Balance Sheet. It is really great to have you on. I feel like some sort of weird fan of yours, like you're a celebrity of the creative industry. So if I was to begin listing all of the amazing things that you've done throughout your journey so far, I would probably be here for a lifetime. And we try to get these episodes down to around 30 minutes. So if you can just kick off by telling our listeners who you are, what you do, why you do it. Uh, yeah, name's Nick Ampsall. My main role is as a creative director. Worked, at, worked as a creative in the advertising industry over a number of years and and then became a creative director. And then now I actually do the Bank of Creativity and One Minute Briefs, which Bank of Creativity is more of a, a traditional-ish advertising agency, but a bit more based on community speed and fast advertising. One Minute Briefs is a community that's been built since I was at university. That's all about instinctive ads. One, it, it's literally called One Minute Briefs. So you've got a minute to come up with an idea. Collectively, people over over that time, probably since 2012, I think I started on Twitter, it's become a lot bigger because everyone gets involved each day and we're, that gives us trending and, and viral ability because collectively all these small ideas in response to a given brief have huge impacts and, and huge reach. So that's grown alongside the stuff. I try and keep my hand in on doing films and directing films and writing films and things as well. But it's quite hard because One Minute Briefs became a bit of a beast and just took over my life. 
And it goes without saying that both Bank of Creativity and One Minute Briefs are super successful. I mean, I've been following One Minute Briefs for, I don't even know how long now. I feel like I was, I've been dabbling in it for a few years in and out. And I just always think that whenever I need a boost of inspiration or, I mean, I'm on your channel every single morning, regardless whether I take part or not, just to see what other people are doing. You said you first came up with it and you launched it when you were at university. How did you first come up with the actual idea for One Minute Briefs? And was it a slow burner to start with or did it gain traction quite quickly? Well, it was actually because we had, it was me and my, uh, who went, the person who was my mate at uni who actually I became creative partners in the industry with. He was my art director and I was copywriter. And we, we really struggled with long deadlines. Uh, that sounds strange to have more time but we didn't do we just didn't do any work because we procrastinated a little bit and we used to give ourselves more work and the tutors advised us against it we used to enter competitions and all sorts and, and we had final major projects to finish but we we gave ourselves more things to do and i think what happened the way that happened that made us industry ready as we as we know you don't get seven weeks on a on a project you know you get two days if that uh, and and the way we sort of approached it I think helped us when we first went out into industry to actually be successful as a creative team rather than having to be trained up so what we did was when we were procrastinating we just said let's do a one minute brief and we didn't know what one of them was at the time and and what you realized was actually you can come up with something better than you think because you give yourself a brief to advertise a certain thing and then your instinct kicks in and there's already something in your head somewhere. And we were doing them on Photoshop, so they were quite funny because they were so badly designed and all that. Uh, and then people were laughing because people came over our shoulders to look at what we were doing. But also the fact that actually that's a really good idea. The Bank of Creativity itself was was actually a one-minute brief. We gave ourselves a minute to come up with a name for a brand and a business card, actually. And the business, so I wrote down Bank of Creativity and my phone number as the long number across the middle. We looked and the domain was available. So literally that brand was made in a minute, which is amazing. So we took it to Twitter in about 2012. It was a slow burner. It was never intended to be a, a big business or anything like that because we were doing it alongside our actual job. We started by just, we didn't know what Twitter was. We just wanted to just post out <laughs> some of the ones we've done. And then probably when we got up to about 100 followers or something, we one day we just decided, let's do one minute brief of the day and see if anyone will enter. And then I don't think anyone entered. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been and there. Then, yeah, and then we tried the next day. We just thought we'll do it and we'll do it. It makes us do it ourselves as well. And then you get one person enter. And oh, that's pretty cool. But be- what we didn't realise at the time, because people are entering in response to us, they're obviously at the same time tweeting to all their mates or, the- or all their followers. Yeah. So it goes back to that moment where people are looking over your shoulder and wanting to do it themselves because they are the same when we did it at uni. It started to organically start reaching other people. And then when their mates start to do it, because they think it's fear of missing out. And then that keeps going. And then that starts to spread worldwide. And within a year or so, I think it was like next big thing. And that was 2013. So in a year, it had real had real impact. And we were the new kids on the block type thing Yeah, uh, of, of the industry doing this different thing and featuring in a lot of magazines and articles and stuff uh, and then that just obviously any sort of press stuff like that gets even more people involved and then it just starts to snowball we were doing you know, football teams we, we books we started launching started doing events 
meetups and, and then these things just keep going to start and the community aspect of it all just keeps building and building and it becomes less about those little one minute ideas and actually about the community that you've built and the and a safe place for people to come together share quick ideas without real judgment probably in the last year in particular over the last few years it got really big but in the last year it's actually gone up by 50 percent in terms of following on twitter alone and it's gone quite big on linkedin and, and things as well but it's organic growth and because people are promoting you by tweeting to you it self-promotes as well as well as all the other stuff that we do so it was a slow burner right at the start but then it really kicked off and initially it started with you and your friend just coming up with briefs, right? You would be like, advertise buckets, advertise whatever. And I'm guessing you just picked things at random at the initial stages, just chose things just to get it get it going every single day. But slowly you began partnering with brands as you were building traction and partnering with businesses. And from a business perspective, that's a really great way for you guys to monetize it because what started as just kind of like a free, fun community you turned into a business in itself. But how did you first get approached by a brand? Do you remember the first kind of one minute briefs partnership that you had? And do you remember how it felt when you realised that this had become something that businesses out there wanted to get involved in because they wanted to tap into your community? I think we started off with with sort of partnerships with the likes of the drum and things like yeah. that and I think that type of stuff then puts you on a bit of a higher platform where our brands are brand managers and things are looking at I can't actually remember the, the very first very first one we did we've collaborated with WWF for a number of years I think that was definitely one of the first ones but I think the way it felt was at the time we were it was a side project and we were just sort of going with the flow and something new would happen each day and and even at that point didn't even think it was going to be a business just thought you know it's a one-off thing they're going to pay us a, a little bit of money especially at the start it was it was next to nothing because we just yeah. did it as a little extra bit of pocket money on the side of our work and then slowly and surely that sort of began to turn into the good thing the good thing about it is that it was always create an ad or create a poster it was never it's never ever changed to be anything different so today we're doing a collaboration with beef eater gin and we would have just said advertise gin but now we're able to do it with Beefy gin, it's just the same. It's the same thing, yeah. But with the brand, so I think the feeling, the feeling of it was that you know what, collectively, and it's always it was never about me or it was just everyone in the community sort of getting involved. And I think that's what's nice about it. And any awards we get, you know, it's everyone. But my my um, partner, uh, creative partner at the time, sort of left the industry at like 2014. He was just getting a bit tired of the industry at the time where we were working. And, yeah. And uh, and went for a break and sort of broke away from one minute briefs and, and things as well. So we never really had a plan at that stage. And it just went up and down. Things were happening. People were saying, come and do a talk here. And yeah, sure. We ended up doing a talk alongside Sir John Hegarty uh, of, of BBH. And we we're on the same card as him. And it was just us two young lads <laughs> at, at McCann in, in a great agency. Just couldn't believe we were there and Tony Kay a film director and we were chatting to him and he loved our stand and we were just making people do one minute briefs on a stand somewhere so it was more collaborations with initiatives and Manchester Digital Festival DNAD 
Building an online community in general is a very tough thing to crack. Businesses in every single industry, including, you know, the accountancy professional services industry, are always trying to build either online or offline communities and just never quite managed to crack it. What do you think it takes to build a really successful online community like what you guys have created? I think it's important to be to show your own personality. So when I'm responding to things, it'll be a ridiculous gift that, that is just me. It's not trying to be corporate or anything. Particularly when we first started it, we were just doing random briefs and, and silly things. And I've always tried to keep hold of that. Obviously, as you get bigger and things, you've got to be more responsible. Times change. So you, and you're obviously responsible for this big community of people as well. And, and, you know, we get direct messages all the time from people or people might be struggling with stuff and they'll just message me. And, and I try and just respond at all times to, to anyone that's got any issues like that or and people don't see that side of things but there's a lot of work hard work that goes behind the scenes of the twitter feed the way it works so i want it to be a win-win situation for everyone especially as we commercialize so bigger and better prizes for people trying to trying to do that as we go along making sure people get the prizes as soon as possible which I, which i always do having fun creating something where people can feel part of something putting the events on making a place where people can have friends really people are actually making friends online and, and building confidence building the careers able to build portfolios it's just like i say it went beyond the ideas and became this thing but because of that people are, are likely to give something back and spend a tiny bit of their time each day coming back if we just sort of were a bit faceless we put a brief up at the start of the day didn't interact didn't do the event i think it would probably just fizzle out but by putting the work in and i put in the work over a number of years it was all just for free alongside my day job. It was stressful because it was getting so big that you know, I was coming home, I was then doing the winners of the brief, I'd be responding to everything. And it just it does take over your life. I mean, one of the big moments was when I got ill in 2015 and I had a heart attack. I'm so sorry yeah. to hear that. That's awful. Yeah, and that was, I think, going back to seeing when you realised it was most powerful, it was that because that happened on a Friday when I was playing football. And on the Monday, because I was running out on my own, on the Monday, I was in hospital and the news somehow got through to someone. And then they made their own hashtag get well soon Nick brief. And then obviously I wasn't tweeting, but people were seeing it. And then they were like doing their own. That was when I realized, wow, this is something really special. And it was after that that we were able to do, when I first got back into the, the industry, we ended up doing the NHS campaign, which was a real big moment for us because we went from silly little one minute briefs to getting to Christmas number one. Yeah. It showed we have the power to collectively achieve big things and then and, and someone I suppose you know the stuff that we're talking about here is what, what sort of success is and but someone said on Twitter, I think it was that year, about something else, but I've always kept hold of it. It's just said what's the best that could happen. But I just love that saying. And every time I get a project now, I think, what if? So mindset and what success is and, and things does come from a bit like, that was a little bit of a turning point of, of OMB, definitely. Uh, and a change of mindset from myself of what I was personally. I came back and said, I'm a creative director at 26. Probably have no right to. But then I also believed after that, what I was seeing, one minute briefs. If I give all this time to people, 
people are going to give me something back. And that's what that's what the community is about. And just for those listening, like you can't see Nick, but he's a very young guy. So I think to have a heart attack at such a young age is something that would give you a massive shift in mindset towards absolutely every aspect of your life. Just for those listening, I just want to make it really clear. So one minute briefs is really simple. It's one rule, one minute, one idea. And Nick chooses the winning or winners of that brief every single day. But you tap into different social media platforms to do different things, don't you? Because you've got Twitter where everyone posts everything to. And then you take those responses and you put them over on your Facebook page, which people then like and vote for their favourite briefs. And, you know, I've seen you also share on LinkedIn and all of other stuff. Did you, was that an active decision to tap into the different platforms for different purposes? Yeah, well, when we first ever did it, we actually, we had a blog when we were early on. We were just changing with the time, seeing, seeing what was, was right and testing things out. I think that's important as well. Just don't just think that you should be on every social media uh, for the sake of it. For example, I tried, I was looking at TikTok and it's obviously things that we could do with TikTok, but am I going to be able to devote enough time to it? You know, Snapchat and things, you know, because the time-based things, it, it would be it would be quite good to to get on there, but not at this moment in time. So we used to have it, we used to put everything on our blog, but that was time, quite time-consuming, creating, dragging stuff into there. Then it's funny because when you make these decisions, there's always going to be a bit of backlash when it's changed. So we said, right, we're going to turn it, we're doing everything on our Facebook album now. And then certain people go, but I've not got Facebook, you know, and all that. And everyone can access a website. But, you know, you have to just make the decision for the, the wider thing. Some of it's to save time. Like you say, you can post albums on there. You can't do that on Twitter or Instagram, really. Instagram, you know, it's so visual. OMB is naturally visual anyway. So we've decided to post certain winners and, and things on there because it's, you know, it's naturally inspirational. I use all of these feeds, including my own personal one, to lead everyone back in towards Twitter. So, so I'm not just posting it for the sake of it everywhere. There's always a link back because that's where the power of OMB really is. Although what I, what I have seen on LinkedIn is I'm seeing big numbers on, on our LinkedIn channel every day and a lot of inter- interactions which is interesting because it's getting a, it's becoming a bit more content-based on there. But again, that's just learning and just posting things on as and when and, and learning what do people react to putting the brief on LinkedIn or do they react to a great winner being posted on, on, yeah. on LinkedIn. Instagram, what does engage is the winners. So we just naturally just start to, to do it like that and then have the link in the bio sort of thing so it's uh twitter's the main place we want everyone but it is it is showing that by growing everywhere else but i do think you also shouldn't just copy and paste across all of your feet it's it's so hard when you don't have time and sometimes we do it you know if there's an announcement or something but yeah i think it's just i think it's just learning it's an interesting one because a lot of businesses that we work with think that the world is becoming online. I need to be everywhere. I need to be on all of the social media platforms. And as you said, they just regurgitate the same information across all the platforms. But often they don't have as much of an understanding on where their customers actually are. 
and how to connect with those customers through various different platforms and if those platforms are even relevant to their, you know, ideal customer profiles or not. So today, I think it was as of last week when I was looking at your numbers, you have 33.4 thousand plus followers. It's probably even gone up since last week, which means the potential reach for brands and partnerships is literally in the millions. So can you talk me through some of the most successful one minute brief campaigns and why they work so well? Yeah, well, I think you yeah, probably go back to the the, uh, the NHS one that escalated to the point I, I got when I that was when I got back into the industry after being ill, and I was going into film as well. I was going into a bit of new territory really at that point. I'd done TV adverts and things before, but I, not a pure film agency, so I was a bit hesitant. But anyway, the first job I got was to do a little film for the NHS. The, the CEO's brother was the was one of the doctors who he actually quit live on Good Morning Britain or something, over government cuts and things at the time. We just wanted to do a, a nice little video to raise a bit of morale. So I said, well, I run this thing called One Minute Boost. Let's see if we can create some sort of a, a buzz initially. Uh, so we did that. And then one of the JPEGs, going back to the Facebook thing, we posted posted the album, got hundreds of entries, posted the album, this particular JPEG, and it got masses of likes this this one thing and the nhs choir got in touch with us and said could this be a our music video rather than a small video like, right okay so suddenly we're talking to universal records Coldplay, trying to get rights very quickly and, and all that and then that es- escalates then the, the idea was based on wedding vows like for better for worse the uh the nhs there for you so then thought well what if we added to that social community thing and asked people to say, I do love your NHS. And we got people holding things up. Collectively, we started it again. Then we asked, again, this is all learning, but I know how best to get to the next level. So we asked people, tag your favourite celebrities to get involved. If one person does that, then other celebrities might be involved. So we we did that. And then loads of celeb, Holly Willoughby and Phil Schofield are doing it on this morning. And that's amazing. Then it escalates and we're beating Wonder we're going ahead of One Direction in the charts and Louisa from X Factor at the time. And to the point where we overtook Justin Bieber in the live charts to number one spot. And then even he tweeted it himself. So he was the most famous man in the world at the time. Yeah. And and then, you know, he's he's talking and then suddenly he's in all the papers. Bieber loves the NHS that and we're absolutely everywhere on the news. And then on Christmas Day, he sat there, my mum watching watching us actually get to number one. So the the collective abilities went from that that point. We've done we did one for a little girl who had cancer and we needed to raise a lot of money. Again it it starts off with a one minute brief and then realise that one of these one minute ideas could turn into a script or something. It was a uh, C word film, it's that she shouldn't know the C word. So we did a film that made it look like she had bad Tourette's. Make we wanted to make people laugh their heads off. Yeah. And beat all the C words out that she was saying. So I wrote this script and all that with the family. And then the last one isn't beat out. And you realise she's saying cancer. Yeah. And then it just read Unilad. It was on 10 million views. It was on BBC News and all that. Amazing. That was a good one. But more recently, I think one that was huge, we did did a recent one with WWF, which got postponed last year because of COVID and things. So I was happy when it happened. It was an idea done last year by Zed, 
one of the best. Yeah, he's so great. Yeah, <laughs> he's prolific and he doesn't even work in the industry. So crazy. I saw the one that you did, which was getting a job. Every single entry he does is just iconic. I, that, that's what I think is so amazing about the community. And we will circle back to the, the WWF campaign because that was great. This is what's so great about the community, I think, for attracting amazing talent. Like I know that what if I was looking to bring in somebody that, I don't know, a copywriter or whatever, I'd look to One Minute Briefs community before I'd look anywhere else, scroll through, get an idea of people's styles and people's ideas because it's just really organic talent. But yeah, circling back to the WWF campaign, talk us through it. Yeah, well, I, I think with Zed, he, right at the start, his ideas were very raw and he's got a lot, lot of opinions. He just wants to get them out and stuff through advertising. And I, and I tried to help him. The nice thing about it is that I can use my creative director on and try and help people fine-tune things, but also by people seeing the winners every day. They're like, oh, the simple ones are winning. And it helps people think even simpler and, and take take all the words off and go back to that key thought. And I think this one, this one there by Zed, all it was was taking animals and plants and nature off brand and sports team logos. And there's so, so many of them. And people were saying, oh, it's a great idea, this. Imagine if it was real. And I thought, that should be real. All we would need people to do is change their social media logo for their day and take their animal off the logo. It's not yeah. hard for anyone to do. But if brands did that, it would be massive. It, it, just Even if one brand did it, it'd be big news. And obviously, WWF have a panda themselves. So I spoke to them. I spoke to WWF and said, I think you should make this happen. Uh, somehow, I don't know what we'll do yet, but they said, can you put me a, they said, we're doing our big board meeting for our next year's big campaign in one hour. And they said, can you put me a, a short deck together or something to share the idea? So, so I whacked something together. They came back and said, we want this to be our big campaign for the next next year. So I thought, wow. And so we just started getting, speaking, you know, asking the question of, of sports teams and then, once you get a few few people that say yes, you can then go to the next people and say, these people are doing it. Will you do it? And then anyone that ignored you will see on the day that people are doing it. West Brom, Aston Villa, Leeds, yeah. football, people around the world, you know, basketball, baseball, and WWF themselves took the panda off the logo for the day on World Wildlife Day. And, it, and then Greta Thunberg tweeted about the campaign. And she's yeah, mad, mad, mad famous. So, and that had huge impacts. And we've just we've just entered that into uh, Cam Lion, which is as a community one minute brief. Zed, who didn't even he's just got a job off the back of that campaign you've, you've just mentioned, actually, Good. which is amazing. Cam Lion even took their lion off the logo. So, yeah. hopefully, it's recognised by them. It just shows that simplicity of thought, but also the the way of knowing who to share it with, who to ask questions to, uh, and obviously over time being able to build a good, strong network of people that I can say, would you be able to share this with them? And and then things just escalate, and, and that ended up having reach of half a billion. These little one-minute ideas, really, that just keep escalating. What takes up more of your time now, one-minute briefs or the bank of creativity? It's probably one-minute briefs because it's every weekday, and if we are doing things every day I have to be absolutely on it in terms of making sure the partnership's ready for the very next day sometimes I'm doing it literally last minute but then when I take on film campaigns I'm working on both so 
it becomes very busy and I, yes. when I'm doing the film stuff. But but I think One Minute Beast is just constant. There's a new thing every single day. <clears throat> and also, if, if we don't do a brief with a brand, I still do one anyway. So that it's not earning any money as such or any prizes. Because if I started to say, right, I'm only doing a brand brief. Yeah, then your community would drop off because on those silent days. The, the drop off and, and you'd also think, oh, it's just becoming commercial and it's just, that's what yeah. it's about now. And and it's not, I never ever want to to lose what it's been for forever and always trying to, to keep hold of that. And I think we're, we're doing an all right job of, of that really and balancing uh, the fact that we can give prizes and opportunities to people. We signed a partnership with Clear Channel, uh, billboards for, for, for the year. So six briefs across the year, we're going to have billboards all around the UK with people's yeah, work on it. And which is amazing. Yeah, so so it's those types of bigger things that just keep coming up and that we can help people with, you know. It's not just helping us. People, obviously, by entering, help me because we can keep doing these commercial things, but I can help them get portfolios or I can put them forward to jo- for jobs. Or, and as long as we never lose that, then... The, the sort of successful, the biggest successes that we have will keep continuing to grow, hopefully. I mean, it's such a unique business that you've set up in terms of the structure, the community, how naturally it's grown since you started. It's so unique. There's nothing really that I can think of out there that's, that's similar. And I think most business owners should be thinking about that now because... You know, you cannot enhance brand advocacy and loyalty unless you've got a tribe of people that truly believe that you're doing something that has an impact on them. And that's what you guys have done. So with that said, what is your kind of biggest success? What are you most proud of on your journey so far to date? I'd always say that NHS moment purely because of what happened personally that year. But I do think it's not a sub story or anything like that, but I've I've also had a very difficult despite COVID. I had a I've been in I had a very severe slip disc over the past year or two nearly, where I've been in incredible pain at the same time as one minute briefs growing massively. So I think to get through that period where I actually said in my in my last live talk, I said the thing that's actually getting me up in the morning is actually you lot because success for me at that point was to wake up in the morning. That's that's how bad it has been. So I think that has been that's a weird thing to say, isn't it? Like most biggest success is to wake up. It's uh, basically I have a demand. I have a demand every weekday to do a one-minute brief, whether I've got a brand or not. Uh, people are saying where's today's brief, you know, if we've not done it by 10am or something. And (laughs) so I knew I had to get up. And even though I knew I was going to be in horrific pain when I was walking through here or whatever, whatever. So that really helped. But, you know, I've got an operation in December and and hopefully touch wood, it's a bit better now. and, And I can focus on actually driving it forward. But at the same time, the demands of one minute briefs were just going higher and higher. I think lockdown was a big turning point as well because people turned to us 
as a bit of an escapism and we saw a lot more followers come come in that's why we got 50 percent over the last year yeah sure we had the we had a kit kat advert go viral we had a guinness advert go viral so talking ad week new york featuring it, and it was just absolutely everywhere and these moments and we've gone we've trended a lot and gone viral across the last year so i think probably as an overall success and we're featured on live live on itv peston <laughs> i was also on euro news randomly um, <laughs> they, they, they rang me uh, rang me up and did a video interview and amazing that was, that was interesting uh, just in terms of how people were coping to start with i just tried to make it fun for everyone and did silly briefs for the week when lockdown happened and i've been struggling but i was just trying to make it as fun for everyone and obviously people do give you something back when you're feeling you know if i was on my own in this pain it would have been a struggle but i did have a, a community of people that i was responsible for but also they give me a lot back and, and positivity one thing i am proud of is that i believe that twitter and probably twitter more so than anyone has become a bit of a a toxic place where people are just wanting to outdo each other, are divisive. Uh, and I think One Minute Briefs is a nice, like a bubble within that where it's just, we just want each other to do better uh, and improve each other. You know, people are trying to help me. People know that I've had real struggles because I've written about them and people realise that and are, and are kind to me. And they know it's me, they say, oh, Nick, online. And I'm just like, well, it's One Minute Briefs, but people will just say it. So I think um, for me, the most successful things are it's just ongoing every single day. WWF obviously was just ridiculous. It, it was the biggest campaign probably of the year of anyone, and it come from come from this simple one minute one minute idea by someone that worked for the NHS, even in the creative industry, which I love. I love the fact that I love the fact that anyone can come up with an idea, and anyone whether you're a student, whether you don't work in the industry, CEO, creative director, it doesn't matter about the idea. I think when you've got this idea and you build a community of literally anyone can participate and join. And whilst it's a community full of people that like creative stuff, I always say, I think if you can spend one minute of your morning, whatever it is that you can to kind of pull your idea together. The last question I've got, because I'm mindful that I've taken way too much of your time already, is... Just what is next for the Bank of Creativity and One Minute Briefs and you? Yeah, uh, interesting question because obviously I've kind of been on pause a little bit whilst trying to keep the thing going gradually over over the last year. I mean, I am quite aware just just in terms of how things can grow very quickly because we've already got the following, we've got things happening still. I am aware that if I was to be fully motivated and that motivation is coming back after the health sort of issues and that there's opportunity to grow very quickly so the bank of creativity could be this massive thing and, and i'm get i am actually at the moment getting people emailing me looking to acquire parts of, of parts of the business or invest in and or partner on certain things so these things are starting to come just again going back to the thing gradually getting bigger and more promoting the people are seeing oh god they're working with Gin company Oatly, Marmite. Probably it's it's mad because we've probably got the, the best client list out of any agency. It's just just little little old O and B, but it's um, but also the bank of creativity side and films and and because we have the big film campaigns and, and portfolio that you could go could stand up to to most agencies and you, and you say you know start to build staff, put a lot of people in an office. Bank of creativity suddenly becomes much bigger. 
do I want 40 staff? Is that going to really stress me out because of my heart? Not that I have problems with my heart now, but they have said, because that has happened, be mindful of any stress you put on yourself. And it is stressful, right? If you've got 40 people on your payroll and you go through a pandemic and it's your responsibility to get them paid at the end of every month, get help them provide food on the table for the families, it is a a big stress. Thanks very much, Nick, for joining us. It's been so good. And I know that the listeners are going to be thinking like, wow, and hopefully they've written down loads of ideas of how they can kind of build their own mini online communities and start to tap into those social media channels in the right way because... As you've proven, if you do it right organically and with true consideration about what you want to use each platform for, I think it can do beautiful things and social media can be a beautiful place. As we all know, it can also be a really rubbish place. Yeah, exactly. We just try and keep it positive on, on our feed and, you know, creative, give people a nice space and think that's that's probably success for me and with that it's been proven that the the commercial side of it came out of it but if you've already got a commercial side just make just do it the opposite way and try and try and engage and entertain your audience a little bit and show a bit of your own personality but yeah i appreciate you having me it's been been a good chat i'm going to go back over and think about a few things and you've got me thinking about what i need to, to be doing as well moving forward Nick's story proves that there is not one rule for everyone when it comes to journeys to success. Everyone has a different path that they will follow and that's absolutely fine if yours doesn't fit into the norm. One of the key learnings that I took from this episode is that to truly build a loyal community that people want to be part of, you need to engage with them, show your personality, tap into their interests and ultimately stay true to yourself. Stay tuned for my discussion with Lee Manning, where we discuss the key learnings from this episode. If you liked this episode, go and have a listen to the rest of the series in series one. We are Raffingers, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Raffingers. Alternatively, you can check out our website, www.raffingers.co.uk. I have been your host, Ashley Bloom, and this has been Beyond the Balance Sheet. Thanks for listening, and we'll have another episode for you next week.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.